Welcome to Veterinary Advice, Animal News, and Views. The place for pets and the people who love them. Here, kitty, kitty, kitty. Here are your hosts, practicing veterinarians, Dr. Roger Welton and Dr. Karen Lewis. Hello, everybody, and thank you for tuning in to another episode of Veterinary Advice, Animal News, and Views. I'm Dr. Karen Lewis, and with me is my friend and co-host, Dr. Roger Welton. We're both practicing veterinarians, and today we have uh, quite the variety of topics <laughs> to talk about. Um, our first one is actually, this is actually kind of cool. We mentioned this in the last episode, too. It's a physical card you got in the mail, Dr. Roger. Not email, but like a card you can hold in your hand. Yeah, it's a really which wonderful. Which is pretty sweet. Yeah, listener. it's very, it's personalized. It was it's, a, it's got a picture of this beautiful little Shih Tzu on it, and um, it's, it's so it's personally made. And uh, there's a note from the dog, <laughs> and a note from the owner. I love those. Yeah, it's it's just I love it. it was so it's very touching. It and this is this is uh, it, it just amazed me. It, she she actually mailed it to my clinic, and I opened actually my wife opened it up. My wife opens up all the mail. And she said, Roger, look at this. You're not going to believe this. And and I just looked at this, and it's the first time I got such a such a. Um, I mean, if it, clients thank us all the time, right? When we when we can do something good for their animals, but never one that I've never met before. I don't think I've ever experienced that. Yeah. Um, so it was a. I well, I'll just read it real quick, and we can just talk about it for a sec. But uh, her name is Maxine, and she's from Connecticut. And uh, this is what the card says. This is from Rusty. Her little dog's name is Rusty. Thank you for saving my life. It was one year ago this month that my mom heard your May 1st, 2014 podcast, changed my diet from chicken to lamb, and changed my life. We found a high-end human-grade food I just love and made it all, and it made all the difference in the world. I am now a very happy, extremely healthy little Shih Tzu that's living the good life thanks to your caring and dedication, Rusty. And mom wrote... <clears throat> If it wasn't for your podcast, this beautiful little dog would most likely not be alive today. I thank you every day. I look at his happy little face. Rusty has been healthy, really healthy all year on a human gray diet, and we watch him enjoy snacks and treats for the first time. He is a very special guy, smart, sassy, loving, and full of life. He brings joy to everyone he meets. I can't thank you and Dr. Karen enough. And it's kind of neat she brought you up, uh, Dr. Karen, because this predated you know, when you when you joined up on the on the on the right. podcast, a lot of people don't, or I don't know, I don't know if they don't remember, but um, there was a time when I it was just me talking. I, I can't imagine how anybody tuned in, but it was just <laughs> me talking. There was, and this particular episode, I went back and listened to it because it's been a while. And it was all about diarrhea, you know, and and uh, I just kind of started off on the episode just talking about, you know, here I am, this wet behind the ears idealistic veterinarian coming out expecting to work through all of these amazing internal medicine cases just like I did at the University of Illinois during my clinical year and I find that uh, the majority of what I'm treating is well bad skin obviously <laughs> skin 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 mm -hmm. but but diarrhea oh, yeah. right? it's diarrhea galore um, <laughs> but diarrhea is not just something we um, you know most of the time you, it's dietary indiscretion you treat it it goes away uh, but but diarrhea can be a very it could be indicative of very serious problems. And I won't relive the episode. It's May, May 1st, 2014. If anybody wants to go up, go back and listen to it, um, you know, you can, you can hear all about diarrhea, the different kinds of diarrhea, what could, they can mean. And, 
and apparently it really helped this little dog because we did talk about food trials, hypoallergenic diets, and things of that nature. Maxine, thank you for the note, and thank you for including Dr. Karen, because Dr. Karen, that means that she continues to listen. (laughs) Yeah. Wow. And I want to point out, too, that um, it was probably the novel protein that helped him and not the human-grade-ness. Yeah. I just don't want people to hear that and think, oh, human grade is the answer. Human grade, as far as I know, still to this day does not have a legal definition it's on a food right. label. So I could right. – they're working on one. But um, as of now, you can call anything human grade, and there's no definition. So And also um, holistic. You can call it holistic, and there's no definition. Yep. Like, what you is can, a holistic I, I can sell yeah. a bag of my dog's poop and call it human grade holistic, and I would be legal. Legal. So – but – Yes, but the novel protein is what's key, and I just wanted to underscore that just because I'm anal retentive, and no, thank you know you how for I clarifying. So. And, and, and the other thing too is, I look at, I look at this healthy little dog, and I see a, you know, you can't argue with success, right? So whatever it is she's doing, keep doing it. Obviously. Well, right. Yeah, I'm, I'm not. Compl- <laughs> I just want people to think, oh, anything I get that's just human grade is, you know. But um, it's gotcha. Yeah, it's it's working. But so Excellent. anywho, so we got uh, we got an email from a listener regarding our last episode that made us both laugh really hard um it made me chuckle quite anyway <laughs> yeah <laughs> so um, read it. i'll uh, i'll read this real quick um says my name is betsy i hope this email finds you well betsy is from wisconsin um uh, says i have a degree in clinical laboratory science and although my degree is human based the majority of my background is veterinary i worked as a vet tech in college and afterwards i worked at a reference lab a veterinary reference lab. We received specimens from veterinary facilities, zoos, wildlife centers, and research labs. Well, I'm currently a stay-at-home mom, I absolutely love your podcast. It makes me pine to get back into the field, and you help keep me informed with what is going on in current veterinary medicine. The two of you have a great rapport. <laughs> Tell Dr. Karen that she isn't just the funny one. I like Betsy. <laughs> I digress. There are numerous things during your most recent podcast I can relate with involving lab testing. I think I have a well-rounded perspective because I worked on both sides, in the clinic and in the lab. Stories I could tell would make you both laugh and cry. One thing I wanted to mention, and this is a common uh, a point that we didn't bring up, which I think is a good point. Yeah. Um, one thing I wanted to mention is that oftentimes a laboratory result is dependent on the quality of the specimen, i.e. hemolysis or lipemia, the temperature of the specimen, age of the specimen, preservative, etc., I remember many frustrated vet clinics because our lab would have a cancel testing due to incorrect specimen collection or transportation. On the flip side, I understand the difficulty in collecting lab samples from unhappy veterinary patients. Sometimes a less than perfect specimen is impossible. Um, again, thank you again for your entertaining and informative podcast. Feel free to read any of my message on your podcast. Keep on trucking, <laughs> which made us both die. Because that was my favorite part. Podcast. That's like an inside joke, but yeah, <laughs> it won't be an inside joke if you listen to the previous podcast. But yeah. we were we were dying. Actually. I was cracking up. He read that to me, and I was like, "Oh my god!" Yeah. I loved it because when you brought it up last time, it made me like crack up and and which keep on trucking. That is so clever of her. I would love to meet this person, by the way. Um, I well, the thing is, I, I never live it down. I should not have moved that can't work again. But anyway, um, but the point is a really good point. Yeah. And I can't, and it varies by lab too. I found where, how many times you have this dehydrated ancient cat you're trying to draw blood on? The cat's not happy. It has crap for veins. It doesn't have very much blood because it's dehydrated. And then the lab wants like this crazy amount of serum to do the test you want. And you're like, guys, 
this ain't happening. I don't know, you know, I can't get blood from a turnip, which is what you feel like you're doing sometimes. So, um, and so it's interesting to get the lab's perspective of you're asking us to do the impossible sometimes with what you give us, right. you know, um, and here we are asking for miracles. But I will say, and I brag on them a lot, but I am very, very fortunate. I use a local lab here. It's a small business. I'm a big small business supporter and um, I know the lab owner and the this woman is God. I tell her this often. <laughs> so um, I can get one mil of blood from a cat. Okay. One mil of blood is one fifth of a teaspoon, I think. Yeah. Just to give you an idea. I can get an entire complete blood count, chemistry panel, and a thyroid with that. She's amazing. I, so, wonder, I wonder if uh, Betsy, what Betsy would say about that. I know. What's, what's the entire and, and she's not making up the <laughs> I know, but but I will say because the national labs like um, your IDEX, your Antec, um, Abaxis, which, which I think got bought out by IDEX, I can't keep track, but um, they have requirements. So you know we need two mills. I think they might use different machines or it's their larger scale. Where um, I think possibly this local lab, she can take the time to maybe dilute out the sample and do the reverse calculations and you know do whatever she needs to do. But uh, and I, I always send her an apology, you know, <laughs> I'm really sorry. This this is all I'm getting and just do what you can. I'm not going to be mad at you, you know, if I only get half the chemistries. And then now she's getting cocky and she's like, is there anything else you'd like to add? I'm like, oh, now you're just showing off. <laughs> yeah, I use the mega Would you like a fructose? Antec, you know, everything. <laughs> yeah. Um, inc- you, inc- and their like, requirements are much more stringent. What's that? The requirements are much more stringent in terms of quantity of sample. Well, because we're just in my number, experience. You know, I mean, they have. I mean, how many clinics do they right. have? You know, they're they're a massive yeah. company. But um, and I believe they're the ones who bought Abaxis, not IDEX. Oh, okay. Yeah, but whatever. Um, but yeah, thank you, Betsy. That was really cool. Uh, please feel free to comment again. <laughs> that <was> really cracked <laughs> me up. So tonight we're talking about uh, disaster preparedness for your pets. I think it's a very appropriate episode. Uh, you know, uh, not only are we watching uh, just absolutely floored and our hearts going out to all the people and pets and animals. I saw, you know, a horse floating down a, uh, a bayou and some guy throwing a life vest to jump in and, you know, rescue this horse with his. Did you see that, by the way? No. Yeah, I saw it on. Um, no. I saw it online. Somebody put, he did manage to rescue the horse. Happy ending there, but. How many not happy endings are there? I just I think about it and I cringe. But at any rate, um, I think this is a very important topic because how many how many rooftop rescues have you seen on like CNN where they're pulling up their dogs with them and their cats with them and and kudos to the Coast Guard for you know um, really caring about those lives like they care about the people's you know those are family members but um, but but let's 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 all learn from this and and. Uh, I got to give Dr. Karen the credit. It was her idea for this episode. So why don't you why don't you start on uh, one of the first points uh, that you would? Oh, okay. Well, the one that I found a lot of people don't think of, and you know, where you live, obviously, you have different disasters. Like here in Illinois, uh, we're tornado city. You know, you guys are more hurricane city. You know, um, we had massive floods in just right across the river in Missouri uh, last year, like record breaking. So uh, part of it is tailored to. You know, what your particular emergency is, but across the board, the biggest thing I found that no one seems to be prepared for, and this is so easy, is make sure you have at least 
one pet carrier per pet because I will tell you a personal story of a friend of mine who a tornado hit her house and she had to get out and she had to cram three of her Shelties in one carrier. And they were not happy because that was her only way to get them in her car to transport them to a safe place. So if you have a carrier or you have two small animals, you can put them in one, but have a way to transport all of your animals safely because it's not if your house is missing a wall, you need a way to keep your animals from running away. They're going to be scared. It's going to be freaky. If you end up in a shelter, they're going to want them confined at least for while you get in and checked in. Hotel, it just it just makes everything easy and safe. Um, you don't want to be worried about your dog slipping out of his collar or most cats who are inside don't have collars. How do you grab them? You know, so if you just have a carrier for each animal or enough carriers to move or store all of your animals, um, my friend with her three Shelties is a believer and I hadn't thought of it until she told me that story and was like, I now have three carriers because I I had no wall. I had dogs running around freaking out and I was just started grabbing dogs. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's horrible to think about. Well, She's lucky that she made They're them in all a panic fit. state from the storm. Oh, absolutely. Right? Everybody's panicked because you're, you're, yeah, you're not thinking clearly when these happen. And so that's why if you can be as prepared as you can be, then and, and you know what? And whatever plan you think you have, it is not going to happen when you when the time comes. But at least you have the materials you need, you know, to pull it off. So that's one that a lot of people don't think of, but I have found is I don't have enough carriers. Huge. Thank you. Yep. <laughs> no, okay, I mean, you get an F. I have two. I have three cats, <laughs> well, two carriers. Well, and like if, if if you have a Great Dane, you probably don't need a carrier. You know what I mean? Like there's some that are just not amenable to carriers. Because I, I, I can't even imagine even a carrier being that big. Can you see but, on my webcam here the uh, the 86 pound Labrador laying on the ground? Not sure what I would do with yes. him. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, but but even a carrier, you can just put him somewhere, just keep him from running away. Yeah. You know, just something yeah. is is important. So um, obviously, having a carrier is labeled with your name, address, phone number, and all that stuff is super helpful too. But that's just bonus points. <laughs> We're talking labels. First. Let's let's label yeah. our pets. There. So let, yep. Yeah. You know, God forbid they get out and it happens. I remember after Katrina, there were so many homeless animals that were rounded up, um, and a lot of them, never, they never found their owners. I know there was rescue group, groups trucking them out here to Florida to home these animals that were rounded up that never found their owners again. And um, so We had hundreds up here in St. Louis, yeah. That just ended up all over the country, right? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So um, identification on the outside, but chips are really important, uh, microchips. They're actually implanted under the skin, and and a, a lot of people don't realize. And you brought this up. It's more than just having the chip. You got to keep it current. You got to call that company, attached to that chip, and say, "Hey, this is my updated information," and mail in your fourteen dollar check per year or whatever it is, depending on the company. Mm-hmm. Because I can't tell you how many times we're like, "Oh, my pet has a chip," and we'll scan it, and we get a number that's been dis. What 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 happens is. Just so you know, when you scan a microchip, all we get is a chip number. We're not getting your address. We're not getting anything. It doesn't track your pet. Okay. Um, some people were like, oh, well, I'll just chip him and know where he is. I'm like, well, I don't know what kind of chip you think you're getting. but not GPS. <laughs> I like one. I do believe that does exist but, now. but really it, it does now, and you have to subscribe to it monthly, but it does. But um, but the microchip, you scan it, and it gives us, depending on the brand, like a 9- or 12-digit number. That's all. So then what we do with that number is we call the company, and they type it in, look it up. And that chip is only as good as the information that company has. So if they enter that number and they give me a discontinued 
disconnected phone number or the number for the shelter you got the pet from 10 years ago and you've moved three times since then, that is, you might as well not even have a microchip. It, right. it, it's, it's not helpful. So your best bet is next time you're at the vet, have them scan your chip, get the number. They can tell you what company it is and give you the phone number and call the company and say, hey, what info do you have? And if you need to update it, update it. It'll cost you like 19.95 or something. It's it usually once you up, it's only when you update it that they charge you. So if you never move for 10 years, you, you won't pay it again. It's only if you move, get a new phone number, things like that. So definitely make sure that's updated. I cannot even tell you how many times that we have we get the chip and we're all celebrating and then we realize it's a dead end. So it's something you can do in advance. It's easy. Just just do it. Don't don't wait. Have it totally, done now because totally otherwise agree. if you wait and you'll forget. Yeah. Um, the, so. the, um, one of the things that I, I read an article today, one of the biggest concerns with all that front, with all that standing putrid water that's, um, all over, uh, is, is there, there's a spirochete bacteria called leptospirosis. A spirochete refers to a type of bacteria that actually kind of corkscrews through the water. It's got a corkscrew shape, can actually swim and it has an uncanny ability actually to survive in fresh standing water. Uh, we do, we consider it a core vaccine here in Florida. Obviously we have a ton of fresh standing water, even when we don't have hurricanes, because there's a thunderstorm just about every day. Um, my, my backyard from about mid July until about mid October is, is marshy. Like I'll walk out, it's like, <laughs> you know, so there's leptospirosis oh, everywhere. Yeah. And that's something. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. Florida is so appealing. Anyway, very, yeah. <laughs> well, just wait. But once 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 October comes, then that's when the money weather comes. But at any rate, uh, fresh standing water. Everywhere. So you imagine you can imagine you, you see the pictures of Houston, right? There's water everywhere. And leptospirosis can have an incubation period as quickly as five days. And um, these are this is I read um, an article today that that is a very, very big uh, concern because it is one of those diseases that we call it a zoonotic. That means that people can get it, uh, not nearly as commonly as we're going to see our dog and cat populations get it, but most certainly um, yeah, that is something a person could get. So have them up to date on the leptospirosis. But beyond that, we talked about just having have them current on everything because if you, have, you might end up at a shelter that at least wants you to have rabies records, correct? It's like hotels or something if you check into a hotel they might say well we're you know i need the rabies vaccine so you know have vaccine records where you keep other important papers just because most shelters aren't going to be like no you can't come in because most people won't have them but if if you do have them it just it just makes life so much more simple you know um i know a lot of people who have indoor only cats um they're not going to wear a collar with a rabies tag on it you know a lot of people don't even might not even vaccinate their indoor only cats but um if you do have any vaccines especially rabies um just Keep the receipts. It helps. Obviously, you have a lot more important papers to keep, too, like, you know, your homeowner's policy and, you know, other things like that that you'll need. Uh, I actually, oh, God, oh, it was five years ago. Wow. We actually had a severe storm blow through our area, and we had a tree fall on our house. Oh, God. And about a third of our house was unlivable, had to be gutted. Like, I... When you lay on your couch and you can see the sky, that's not cool. <laughs> so um, wow. we had a tarp for a roof for like four months. It was horrible. So anyway, um, when you go to submit your your claim, they're like, "What's your policy number?" I'm like, "I don't, I don't know. I might have a tree on my house. You're gonna make me find really." <laughs> so um, 
I'm Anna Retentive and I knew where my insurance policy was, so I went to the file folder and got it and it expedited things. But just, you know, just little stuff like that. Just, just when you have, when you're overwhelmed and like I was and it's raining inside your living room, you know, you just one less step to do is just better. But that's not pet related. That's just my personal. Well, it's just it's documents in general, you know, it's good to have a note. So when, when Matthew blew through last year, my um i have a state-of-the-art kennel that's built to hurricane specs it's got the hurricane hooks on the roof it's a concrete block building uh the only windows are window block it takes a lot to sh- to break those you, they look bulletproof you ever see like block glass oh yeah yeah that's so that's the natural light that comes in it's it's, it's glass block um and it has a f- special ventilation system whereby if we lose power um and the air conditioning kicks off the you get this nice little breeze through the kennel so the air doesn't stifle. I actually went in there the day after the hurricane to just check on the animals, um, and I was really amazed how comfortable it was in there. You know, it was hot and balmy and wet and nasty, and, of course, there's standing water everywhere outside. But I was in there, and I was like, wow, this is quite cozy. The reason I bring that up is because there are shelters, or not shelters, but kennels that, you know, are built to – they have generators, and they're built to withstand storm conditions – where you can on you know on a on a whim on during an emergency situation board your pet and then take off to wherever you take off in the event that you don't um you're going somewhere you can't bring your pets well i'm not going to let a pet stay in my kennel without rabies records um actually they have to be up to date on all their immunizations heartworm negative heartworm mm-hmm. status and negative stool and i i'm not going to make exceptions that's a very important policy that we keep in place for the safety of the rest of our guests so that's another reason you want to have that documentation ready in case you need to emergency board them. Um, so, yeah. Document- oh, and about boarding, though. But um, And speaking of boarding, you don't want to just board them anywhere. You want to – because that could be worse. You want to board them in, like, your place, a built-to-the-specs, hurricane-proof place, you know, not Joe's Hurricane Shack that might <laughs> – not be so good and uh maybe and i hate to say this but but people lie and they'll be like oh sure we're hurricane proof don't mind the duct tape in the corner you know so um, (laughs) so just you know maybe maybe look at it before you go for leave your dog and you know what when the kennels when the good kennels are full uh, or if you're just like, you know, crap, my dog's ever doing a shots, I can't board him, whatever. Don't ever leave your dog or cat behind. Take him with you. So many shelters nowadays do accept pets. It's become, like five years ago, that was not the case. But uh, I have friends and family in Houston, and they're actually pleasantly surprised how many accept, cats, accept pets uh, in carriers often, which back to the whole carrier thing, but that, that helps. So... Um, Definitely don't ever leave them. And uh, speaking of taking with you, though, there's other things you could take with you, like their medications if they're on any, which is, seems like common sense. But you're going to take your medications and you're going to take theirs. Like if your animal has seizures or something, you know, you wouldn't want to miss a single dose of those. Like I've worn the heart with my dog. Um, but, or, or diabetics, so, God forbid, right? That'd be a challenge because you oh, have insulin cold as oh, well. Oh, God. Oof. Oh, God. That'd be rough. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know how you would do that. I don't have an answer for that, listeners. So if your pet's <laughs> diabetic and you get evacuated, let me know what you do. <laughs> um, try to get your hand on some dry ice, I guess. Dry ice lasts for days. 
guess you're not going to have power. Yeah, where do you, <laughs> you buy know, dry ice? I always hear I, of dry I, I, ice, I go, <laughs> No, and like it's not like you're going to go to the store with days for a hurricane and get the dry ice on sale. You know. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. No, I, I probably don't. How does that? Wow. Well, hey, if anybody has ever evacuated with a diabetic animal, let us know what you did. Right yes, us, please. Us send us an email. Yes. I'm, this is very spontaneous, as you can tell. We did not plan this. But, <laughs> so. Yeah. Anywho, wow. we don't have all the answers. No, no, we don't. Um, one other one of the things that we I brought up to you, uh, you know, we we're heartworm capital of the world here. I would imagine there's quite a bit of heartworm on all the Gulf, you know, along the entire Gulf oh, Coast, yeah. including Texas, right? All those dogs from Katrina had heartworm yeah. that came up here. I mean, it was just standard. Yeah. So heartworm is spread by the bite of mosquitoes. And what happens when there's fresh standing water for long periods of time? You get mosquito blooms. So we actually have an effect here in Florida, and I'm sure this applies to other places. Probably even Missouri, I'm thinking. I, I keep saying Missouri. Illinois, sorry. Well, the floods are in Missouri, so <laughs> you're right. Missouri. Yeah. <laughs> probably applies there because you get floods too and um you, you we so the pre-patent period of the heartworm is six months that's the the time from infection to the first you know popping up and developing into the adult worm so in that six to six month to like uh 12 month post hurricane event we'll see a phenomenon where we'll be get we'll start getting a rash of positive heartworm cases so keep them up to date on their heartworm preventive i think is a very, very good idea, and take your preventive with you, you know, if you're going to be gone for a prolonged period of time. Like Houston, I don't know, I don't know when that city's going to get back online. I mean, it, it, it there's places that are, that like, the flooding's getting worse right now, even though the rain stopped. I don't know. Yeah. I, I don't, I don't see that place being normal for years, you know. But I, mean, I have friends that, I guess, I don't know where, what exact part they live, but they, they have power their streets flooded, like they can't drive down the street, but they have power and cable and they're like, okay, our house isn't flooded. It's just the street. So my one friend has four small children and is becoming suicidal for that reason because oh they've been all cooped up with At least she's so got power cable. though. She didn't have power. Uh, oh, then she'd be killed. She, she just killed herself and called a day. But yeah. yeah, but no, at least they'll play in video games and stuff. But, um, yeah. You know, and the kids want to go play in the water, and she's like, no, yeah. you really can't, you know. And when you're five, that looks really fun. So, um, <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, there are some places, and, like, the water's receding, and she's hoping to be, to be able to leave her house tomorrow. So some places are, you know, getting better. And a lot of people weren't evacuated, thankfully. They just had to kind of hunker down, you yeah. know, and accept the fact that they weren't leaving for a while. But um there's also people, too, who, I mean, yeah, they don't have a house to go back to. And I, it's just, I, you just, you just, you feel for them and there's nothing. I mean, like when I had my little, I wouldn't even call it a mini disaster. It was a micro disaster. Uh, our insurance agent, the, the first question she asked me, really, but it really hit home because she said, is your house livable? Wow. I was like, well, about a half to two thirds of it is. So, yes. So she was like, do you need an emergency hotel? And I was like, oh, my God. Imagine if I had to load up all of my dogs and all of our stuff and my husband and go live in a hotel for three months. I mean, it was it was actually four months until everything was back to normal again. So, I mean, it it just that really hit home with me because I hadn't even thought of that. I was like, oh, my God, you're right. It could not be livable. And I could be loading up all these all this crap right now. So anyway, it's just um, and there's only so many 
contractors and there's only so many roofers and there's only so many plumbers. And when you have all these people who need all these things done at once, it's, it's a backlog. Even with our storm, everybody had hail and roof damage and everything. And it was, we had to wait. We were even priority because we had a tarp for a roof and it was, uh, it took us a month just to get the estimate to even give to the insurance company. I mean, so, um, Oh my gosh. I mean, like these, these poor people in, in the Gulf, it's like, it, it's, it could be a year before they even start on some of these houses. So uh, it's – and I don't have an answer for that. I just – I really feel for them. Yeah, and, and currently there is a another hurricane, Irma, that is already Category 3. It's uh, ha- not even halfway across the Atlantic yet. And we don't know where this thing tracks, but could you imagine? I mean, it could hit Florida, right? So that's where I'm at. It, another yeah. model shows it going up towards Bermuda and not hitting the continental United States. Another model has it going across um, Hispaniola and Cuba, losing steam there, but then picking up steam again when it's in the Gulf and then hitting Louisiana and Texas. Um, that you know, And then another model going way south of that and going towards Mexico. So you just don't know where that's going to go. I really hope and pray it does that. The, the, it's the American model that has it going up, um, up and away from the continental U.S. Oh, oh good. But the, let's, the let's... American model, from what I just saw on AccuWeather, the American model was wrong about Harvey, and the European model was correct. And the European oh. model is the one that predicts Irma going across Hispaniola and Cuba. So. Oh, God. Yeah, how well, do you want to okay. think about it? <laughs> no. But so. Anyway, and the thing is, you're never fully prepared for a disaster. I mean, like, like follow our suggestions because you know what? They're easy and they might make life better, but it's, it's going to suck <laughs> no matter what. Yeah. And no amount of preparedness. You, you can't ever be prepared. I mean, I have, uh, I have another, um, friend in Texas who she is very, very fortunate and she had really good friends two hours away and she was like, guys, I'm just going to come crash at your place, you know? Um, and when you're fortunate and can do that, you know, she rents, she didn't care, you know, um, but, uh, in this case it pays the rent, maybe I guess in her case, but, um, you know, I mean, otherwise it's just, you're never prepared and yeah. So in 2004, there was, there was, it was right before I moved here. It was like just a few months before I moved here. My timing was good that I came a few months later. There was four hurricanes that hit this area. It was, um, Ike, I remember that Charles, 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 and I forget the names of my, my, my family was here. I was still in New York and my brother had the bright idea. Well, this, this thing's going to come up our coast and it's going to go this way. So let's go to the West coast. Cause it's not going to hit the West coast. So let's all pick up the pets and let's go to this resort in like Tampa or so, you know, Tampa, St. Pete. Okay. So they go over there. Well, guess what happens? The hurricane changes course. It hit there. It, it, it hits here and then <laughs> hits Tampa. And then, the, oh, so then they're in the hotel now with their pets, with their kids, with no power. Anything. Yeah. Oh, Miserable. my God. <laughs> right. They can't, they can't come back here because there's no power. Um, right. You know, oh, and so, uh, it's just there's it was a lose-lose. But anyway, they're, they're, the, the phones still work, so they're calling me up in New York, and they're like, this sucks. Uh, but <laughs> I thought I'd bring that up. Stay in New York. <laughs> so, <laughs> Yeah. But anyway, no, good episode, and, uh, you know, our thoughts are clearly with Houston right now, and and uh, just all best wishes. Well, and Louisiana there. and all those poor states are that are – Are flooding too now? Yes. Oh, God. Unfortunately, yeah. It's, it's a mess. So anyway um, – 
you know, and if anybody wants to, uh, there are some really reputable uh, animal helping groups down there. I know Best Friends Animal Sanctuary is down there. Um, the ASPCA is down there. Uh, I'm, I don't know, maybe I'm a creep, but I'm the person who would donate to help animals before I would help people. I don't know. Because um, everybody, everybody always donates to help people, and they animals t- tend to get the donations. So, But um, if you want to donate, I know there's a couple you know, legit nationwide organizations that would definitely uh, welcome any assistance you can you can offer. Definitely. And, so, and uh, um, don't you have a list of like legit rescue organizations? Because yeah, you're, um, you're, you're big on this. Because there's there's organizations you really don't want to be donating to because it's more yeah. like you know executives and lawyers and other types hoarding most of the money that you donate. Yeah, but I, I know. I mean, and I, I haven't read their financial specs lately. But I mean, ASPCA and uh, I have I actually have personal friends who work for the ASPCA, and they work their butts off. And, uh, it's, it's unreal. The, the work they do, just, just talking to them and hearing their job sucks because all they do is travel across the country to wherever it's needed. And, uh, they, they used to work for the Humane Society of Missouri where I used to work and then they got these jobs. And I mean, it's, it's just like you just go where, where the need is and, but they love it and the difference they make is amazing. But, um, it takes money to fly these people all over the place and <laughs> employ them and have them do that work. So, um, I, I know ASPCA is legit because, well, at least my, my, my friends are doing good work, so that's all I can say. So, okay. well, I mean, they're making a difference. The one that I'm weary on is uh, Humane Society of the United States at HSUS. Apparently, a lot. Yeah, of the money I've heard mixed reviews on that one with the Sarah McLaughlin yeah. sad commercials. So a lot of your uh, money I, I goes towards ASPCA. What's that? I, I thought she was ASPCA. I don't know. Pretty, uh, this is a tangent. Wow. Yeah, okay. Total tangent. Whatever the case, just be careful where you donate your money. <laughs> We're so good at tangents. Um, you got anything else to add here? Any, oh, after that, no. Any um, pearls of wisdom? I do no, want to hear some from, from owners of diabetic pets to see how they manage to, to to have their insulin with them. So if anybody can email us with a story, that'd be great. And Betsy, yeah, because and, and if you have an anybody who has a genius tip that they can pass along like that, because. Yeah. You said that, and we both looked at each other like, uh, I don't have a solution yeah. for that. So anyway, but you know what? There's always – I have so many just really, really, really creative pet owners. Some of the stuff they come up with in terms of like ways to keep their dog from licking something or something are, are freaking genius. So there's somebody out there with a genius solution that we just haven't found yet. Yeah, so, no, I love that when I learn something is. from a client. I'm like, wow, that what a great idea. I know. <laughs> like, I know. I'm supposed to be teaching you. I'm like, What's up with this? <laughs> you should patent that. I know. Um, yeah, like for example, I had one client who um, their dog just had major knee surgery and she loved to jump up on the bed and the couch and they would put like chairs and stuff in front to keep, you know, and she would just knock them over and jump on the couch and they're trying to keep her from jumping. They put balloons on the couch <laughs> and the dog was horrified and wouldn't go near the couch. They're like, I'm like, that's genius. Who knew? Full balloons. So yeah, little tricks like that. People always come up with it. I'm like, huh? Yeah. So you never know. Yeah. <laughs> Anywho. Okay. Well on that note, we're going to go and um, hopefully we'll do uh, another one next week. We'll see. Yeah. We're on a pretty good streak. <laughs> we're just a couple days late this week, but it's all good. Yeah. All right. Well, it could be worse. Take care, everyone. Good luck, Houston. Yeah, thanks, guys. 
Taking charge of your future starts with taking the first steps. And saving up to $30 a month on Cox Internet with the Affordable Connectivity Program makes those steps easy to take. Whether they bring you to click upload on your first short film or join now for an online book club. Applying is easy. See if you qualify at cox.com slash ACP. Non-transferable one per household application and eligibility decisions are made by the FCC. Lucky Land Casino, asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.